1: Good afternoon and welcome to NJSBA's podcast program, Conversations on New Jersey Education, a program dedicated to creating a conversation among those of us in education, uh, actually in the education community and beyond on important education issues of the day, a conversation that brings uh, state leaders to you. And I hope that you all feel free to join us in the conversation. My name is Ray Penny. I'll be your host for this afternoon. Uh, today as usual we'll be taking your calls if you have any. We also have our chat room open. This gives you two vehicles in which to participate in the program. Michael will be taking the calls this afternoon. Uh, to call in dial 1-347-989-8904 and when you are ready to make a comment or ask a question press 1. That will indicate on our switchboard that you are ready to ask a question. Michael get your name and your question or topic, and also if you are on the phone line, I will ask that you turn down the volume on your computer and only listen on the phone since there will be a delay, and it's a little bit confusing. If you are listening on your computer, we do have a chat room feature that you can log on to. We will be monitoring the chat room, and we'll pass on some of the comments or questions to our speakers. To log on that chat room, uh, you will need to register with blog Talk radio. It's January uh, right now, and we're expecting a big snowstorm, the first one of the season. Uh, and uh, But in the first week of January, we had almost 500 board members, new board members, uh, enter uh, their board of education from Sussex County down to Cape May. Uh, and that transition, they have a lot of great ideas. They want to do a lot of good, uh, but it's difficult. Uh, you have no training ahead of time. Uh with us today I have three board members who are pretty much uh two of them finished up their first term one's in their second year. Uh I'm going to welcome them. Uh first I'll introduce uh Jeff Klein. He's from Fairlawn in uh
2: Bergen County. Jeff,
1: just say hi and how, you know, tell us a little bit about Fairlawn
2: and Short. Sure. Uh good afternoon everyone. My name is Jeffrey Klein. I'm just beginning or just had just begun my second term in Fairlawn where a uh, K-12 district with six elementary schools, two junior high schools, and a high school with about 1,400 students in and a budget of about $91.5 million. Uh, we're very proud of our district, love being there, and looking forward to speaking with uh, you, Ray, and uh, my colleagues.
1: Okay, and also is Tom Mayer. Tom is from Pemberton. Tom, welcome.
0: Hello, how are you doing? My name is Tom Mayer from Pemberton Township. Um, we're unusual township. We're in the Pinelands. We have 5,000 students in our schools. We have uh, from pre-K to high you know, high school, we have a $120 million school budget, and it's quite interesting out here in the Pines.
1: Okay. And lastly, we have Kathy. Hello. Hi, Kathy.
3: Hi, Ray. Hi, everybody.
1: Where are you from?
3: I am from Warren Township, which is in Somerset County in north central New Jersey, and we have a school district with under 2,000 students and a $40 million budget, so not a very large district, but we have four elementary schools that run uh, from pre-K to five, and a Middle school that serves all the kids in town in grades six to eight, and we send our students on over to Watchung Hills Regional High School after the eighth grade
1: okay so the three districts are different, but we're going to talk about kind of the things that keep us all board members have the experiences that are pretty similar um, what's like you know I talked to all three of you beforehand uh the the biggest surprise uh Tom, what was your the surprise when you first became a board member?
0: The biggest surprise was the first night you get sworn in and then you reorganize the board and you're basically reorganizing and voting for people you have no idea who they are. A lot of times you may know them from sitting and watching board meetings, but you don't know what's going on. And then you have to vote on some matters that for you, you know, contractors and stuff you're going to be using through the years, that you have no idea... Are they good or bad? And you kind of hit the ground running, and it's it's kind of scary.
1: And you know that first meeting, I, I always say there's there's you know it's not like the your vote's equal to that of a board member who's been on for 12 years. Um, Jeff, what about you? What was your surprise?
2: When I first came on the board, I suppose the biggest surprise was the level of as I wrote uh, to you in an email the level of diplomacy that's required. getting initiatives done that bureaucracy moves slowly and no matter how righteous or correct the initiative is it still takes the right amount of discussion and working with people and speaking to the right people to get things done and it was also sort of a prize surprise to see that people had their eyes on you I you you know it intellectually that people are going to be looking at you, your name is going to be in the paper, and everything you say is under a microscope. The press certainly bends and twists and turns your words around, but when you actually get in the chair when those things are happening, it was eye-opening, to say the least.
1: Uh, Kathy, I I thought your surprise was a little interesting, too.
3: All right. Well, you know, I have a a situation that's different from most board members who just began their terms of service this month. I am finishing up my fourth year because I was appointed to fill an unexpired term for a year. So I was not elected when I first got on the board. I've subsequently been elected and then reelected. But my first time sitting in the chair was after I was appointed by eight people that I didn't really know at all. And I didn't know what to expect. Our district was in the middle of um, protracted and and rather, um, you know, difficult contract negotiations that had been going on for an awfully long time. So I didn't know what this group was going to be about that had just chosen me. And what was really nice for me is that there was no um there was no rarefied air in the room. I mean, these were people who were a lot like me, and they came from different backgrounds We had differing points of views, but they all were there to serve and uh, you know it's a volunteer job as everyone's just found out, who was just seated. There's no paycheck involved um and it was just really heartening to know that the people that I sat with. Uh, were giving up their time like I was to serve the district and the students. And that just made me feel an awful lot more comfortable than I expected to feel at first. So that was a good beginning.
1: Uh, Jeff, uh, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, I'm going to ask everyone to chime in on this one. I think the first thing, uh, you kind of alluded to the diplomacy, but you need to get along with other board members to get initiatives Absolutely. done, because it's not a sole act. What are some things that you found were helpful for you in trying to get along with your, and getting to know your board colleagues?
2: One major thing, listen, 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 listen. Whether or not you agree on the issues with your board colleagues is, is less the issue, it's the fact that you, you listen to the history and the institutional knowledge that's around the table and that you take that in, and that will help you define what you have to say and how you say it. And by demonstrating respect, especially for the veteran, your veteran colleagues, allows them to open up to you a little bit more and to learn to trust you. If a board member goes in there, you know, with, with too much fire and I'm going to change this and I'm going to say this, then people are just going to turn off and you're going to lose every vote eight to one and you're not going to get anything done. And if you have good things to say, no one's going to be listening to you. So I think listening is, is the key element to learning how to get along. And sometimes you just need to take a leap of faith and trust your colleagues that sometimes they may know something or they do know something that you don't know because they've been there longer and they understand uh, how to navigate.
1: I'm going to go to Kathy, but Kathy said something, that uh, everyone seemed to be there for the right reasons, even if they didn't agree. And uh, Is that your leap of faith? Is that their motives are, were pretty good? Were very good, I should say.
2: Jeff? Oh, for What's me? That?
1: No, that was for Jeff. I want to get to you oh, later. Don't worry. <laughs> That's
2: right. Yeah, yeah I, wrote about, I think I wrote about the leap of faith. Yeah, it was just sort of trusting their opinion and trusting that what they were told me was for the right reasons. And at the end of the day, being there, and I this is jumping on Kathy's coattails a little bit, that when you, you have that kind of trust and you all listen to each other and understand that everyone is there for the right reason and for the right purpose, then it creates a, a fair and open dialogue. And the dialogue is, is absolutely necessary to having a functional board. And that leap of faith, sometimes you have to you have to take it, and I I think the other thing that has to happen is your colleagues need to, un- to see in you that you're not politically motivated, that you're not there for any other purpose than the health of the school district and the health of the students in that district that, Sorry, as a whole, not just their physical health, you know, right, uh, academic uh, health.
1: Kathy, getting along, and you didn't know the board members, even though they selected you, and, and that's very common, I think. Or you may know their names, and I think Tom mentioned that, too. Um, Kathy, what are some recommendations for getting to know your board members?
3: Well, you know, you. Uh, Jeff is absolutely right. Listen, listen, listen is huge. But there's different ways uh, to do that. And, of course, the most obvious one is to listen at the board meetings and to listen at committee meetings. But I would uh, posit that it would be great to – To reach out to board members yourself. I mean, maybe not immediately. Don't feel like you have to do that this week or or this month. But I found that it's been very helpful to make calls to other board members during the year, here and there, um, just to talk about how they feel about particular issues that are facing the board and the district or just their general philosophies um, on particular issues. Because it They're always good conversations, first of all, if, if this is what you're interested in. It's always great to talk about public education with people, and your board members are right there with you, so guarantee a good conversation at the outset. But also it really helps you and them for you guys to get to know each other's mutual philosophies on issues that are about to face you, or that are facing you, or that are in the past. um, It's just good to know where your board members are coming from as you are learning about what your job is, the things that you have to do. And in the future, if you're going to put something in front of the board, a suggestion or a vote or something to consider, you'll know in advance kind of where your board members are going to stand on it. And um, that's just really useful, good information to have for anyone. And um, it's just uh, going to make you that much more effective in your service. Hey, Ray, can I jump on that for a second? Yeah,
2: I think one thing Kathleen said is so important where when you listen and you know other people's philosophies and sort of how they think, it's very important when you have that, you can understand how you craft your own dialogue with them and Mm -hmm. getting initiative through going back to what we originally said. If you can craft your dialogue correctly based on what you understand about your colleagues, you'll get a lot further.
1: Tom, I want to – I know in our conversation – Uh, and I'm
2: going to piggyback on
1: what they just said, I think you tried to get to know the board members actually personally, just as people, and what common interests you had outside of the board. Is that correct? Yeah, I
0: found, because I came, I used to work in the school district, and I retired from the school district, and when I went on the board, it was completely different than, you know, the, the other side of the curtain, the side that, when you're working, you don't realize that it actually goes on the other side, what's involved. But I tried to uh, get to know the board members when we had committee meetings or panels or discussions and talk to them about their work, their family, and other interests just to get some common ground so I know what they feel and how they think outside of the school board, what's their actual, you know, how they felt about other things. Because most of us, like she said, everyone says on the school board we all have one common interest the children that's all we're there for nothing else but the children and you have to learn what they have they have any children in the school they have grandchildren in the school uh what you know what they see for the future of the school and get to know them so you can talk to them more not only as colleagues but as friends Mm -hmm. and i found that worked pretty good
1: uh jeff uh what about, like, not doing things at the board meeting? Uh, is it? I, I think you have mentioned uh, in yes. previous times to me, maybe have a cup of coffee with them. Absolutely. Uh, some informal things so that uh, not just at the board meeting.
2: Right. Going out of your way and, and just like what was just said, getting to know someone, go ahead and have a cup of coffee before the meeting. Have dinner before the meeting. You know, if you have the time and – don't have work the next day. Go out and go out and get a drink with your colleagues, and it it humanizes everyone, especially for the ones that you don't see eye to eye with. It's okay not to see eye to eye with your board colleagues. It, it is you you have your opinion, you have a stance, and no one's saying not to stick by that. But the dialogue is helped when you have a strong relationship with that person, and it is built on becoming. Uh, Comfortable on a personal level with people, so you can have disagreements in, on a professional level, as opposed to what we see you know, or hear in the paper—people having these crazy screaming matches—and that—that's not good for kids. That doesn't help anyone. It's just—it's it, poor for the district. It looks awful. So definitely, go have a cup of coffee. Go get to know someone.
1: And it was, it's just to build that really. And see, I guess you would need to have patience then, because. Uh, I think Kathy even said it earlier. You don't do it the first day, so it's kind of a long-term thing: building relations, getting to know people. So, I guess you're trying to figure out how you can disagree with still communicate.
2: Is that right, Trent? and it's not personally.
1: And uh, Tom, did you have something?
0: I think you should be able to to, 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 to learn to degree Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> to agree on disagreeing. You know, okay. maybe you should have their. You, know, you should be right. Have the right to disagree with their opinion. They should have the right to disagree with your opinion. And at the end of it, when you get done your votes and you're done the decision, when you vote, and that's the way it comes out. Move on to the next thing. Don't carry a grudge.
3: Right. And and I would add that as you get to know people, you know, through the coffees and the drinks and the lunches and breakfasts and here and there throughout the years, what's nice about Uh, having that type of relationship with someone who may be opposed to you philosophically on particular issues, is you're able to identify ways to find common ground. So you may say, oh, I agree, I disagree. But if you know the way a particular colleague thinks and you can identify some shared values that you both have, even though you approach things from a different way, you could probably work with them and sort of come to, an agreement. Uh, You know, it's it's like negotiating with everything. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of your point of view, a little bit of my point of view. When you know those points of view and you kind of know how they think and where they're at, I mean, that just kind of helps you all towards a a real solid agreement, not just a yes, no vote, but something that comes out of a more rich discussion and a better understanding of uh, everyone's motivations and values and desires for what's best for the district. And that's just a win-win for everybody involved.
1: And so, we're just, Jeff, I'm just going to throw this to you, and then you should sure. follow that up. I, I sure. guess what you guys are saying is uh, all all of you are kind of saying the same thing that uh, when you go in there and you have these issues, and maybe you even lose an argument or so, you can't be taking a lot of these stuff personally. Absolutely. And and
2: it's going to happen. You're going to lose. And, in fact, you may lose out on issues that are very important to you. They may be issues that this is what you ran on, and Mm -hmm. you can't seem to win the issue. You're just not winning it. But I think what the gentleman said earlier is so spot on when he said, you can't hold a grudge. It's it, it's po- grudges are poison on a school board. You have to move on. After you orga- after you reorganize in January, you can bring the issue back up again and try again, or you can work through some diplomatic ways to convince your superintendent and your colleagues to see things your way. But it's, again, it's not personal. It's not.
1: Uh, so I think that's talk- a great point. We're talking with three uh, board members, uh, Jeff Klein, Tom Mayer, Kathy Helowa, uh, about their f- first term basically on the board and what they learned, and hopefully new board members can learn from their experience. If you have a question, uh, dial one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four and press 1, or you can just type it in the chat room. Um, okay, the, uh, it goes without saying the big relationship is with the, your colleagues uh, because you're just one of nine or seven or whatever the number is. Uh, but you also have to work with the administration uh, because particularly the superintendent but you also work with the BA a lot but the superintendent has all the tools at their disposal Um, what are some recommendations you have I'll start with you Kathy on this
3: oh thanks well I would say your first thing is uh, you have to enter into that with mutual trust and respect and you have to remember that your superintendent is the CEO of your district, and this is the person that your fellow or your previous board members saw fit to to uh, run your district in the best way. So you have to give that person their due. You have to give them respect. Out of the box, and that'll set the stage. you can learn an awful lot from your superintendent it's not that you can learn you have to learn an awful lot from your superintendent um, it's just a tremendously valuable and irreplaceable relationship you can you can't go in there thinking that you know it's going to me be me versus him or her um no matter what you 've read in the papers or what you've uh what you've gone in thinking that's a relationship that you want to build that you want to work that's got to be a functional relationship you're not going to get that if you go in defensive without trusting the person because you know nine other people thought that that was the one that needed to do the job for your district um learn from that person learn from the person that previous boards appointed tom
1: uh you know, I think you had a couple of recommendations about maybe getting to know the superintendent. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, we all come to the table, the board, and you may think that this may not be, even be the best superintendent, or you disagree with a few policies. What's your recommendation?
0: Well, I would – well, what I did, I asked for a one-on-one meeting with the superintendent, the, or our old superintendent. We just hired a new one. We we're fortunate to find one. Um Walked in, I walked in and had a talk with him, and I was very honest about what I thought was going on in the district. He let, and I sat and I listened very patiently, and I listened to what he saw was going on in the district. And when you start talking back and forth and you're being open and honest, you start to see that maybe you don't know all the facts when you first get on the board that's been happening. And it's good to sit and have a an open conversation with them. And get to know him, and like I said, knowing him and trusting him, he is the leader of the school. You do give all. We the board just tells the superintendent this is what we want to see done, and the superintendent goes out and does what the board tells him. And if he gets off point, the board's supposed to tell him, okay, here's what you're going off point, and that's about it. You allow him. You have to give him his freedom, and you have to be trusting in what he does. And not second-guess them, but getting to know them is very important, having that conversation, to get that open communication. And have them, if there's any problems, they'll communicate with you right away rather than hold it off. And that's really important.
1: Okay, uh, just a little follow-up on that, because it was key, because you said you're, which honesty is always the best policy, open and honest. So you might have talked about things where you think you might have disagreed with the current superintendent, uh, but then you used... His response, in in your case, it was a man, uh, as a learning opportunity for yourself too. So you went in there with your opinions and you shared your opinions, but you got a, uh You also were open to listening to the, his uh, his opinions. Am I correct? Are you speaking to,
0: uh, to me? Yes. You, yeah. That's what Yeah, I I, I, I went in and I listened to his opinions, and some of the things that I had viewed one way, I've seen from his point of view, and it made it it made it kind of changed some of my uh how I viewed the problems and it you know it changed a bit and we i worked with him uh, the new superintendent we have i'm we're very fortunate he's very open and honest and he's very good with the board and I think we're lucky to find uh to find the man we have so right now.
1: Okay. Good Tom, uh, Jeff, what about you? Because uh, I, I think what I, Tom I think said, it's kind of what you th- kind of think is you always believe to kind of be open and honest with your colleagues. Exactly.
2: And right. on, be honest and polite. And and to add to what Tom says about going in and speaking to the superintendent w- when you have questions and and you want a discussion, I think a very, very important rule that every board member has to follow uh, despite emotions or anything else, is never ever ever ambush your superintendent publicly. Mm. It 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 reflects poorly on the district, and when things reflect poorly on the district, it's not good for kids because the esteem of the district is is lowered. Uh, and beyond what what Tom and Kathy said, which I I think is spot on, is remember to respect your roles. I think if you respect the superintendent's role and you Follow yours as a policymaker and as oversight. Then, you, again, going back to the beginning, you're going to get more out of people through that. This is; these are, are working human relationships, and they will live and die as such, or be positive or negative as such. I don't have more to add than that.
3: Yeah, I would actually <laughs> add that like me Yeah, if you don't mind my adding to that, Ray, um, as important as it is to cultivate and develop that relationship with your superintendent, it shouldn't be um, real labor intensive. You don't need to be speaking to your superintendent every day or even every week, um, you know, don't feel like you just have to, like this is a person that you call when you wake up in the morning or call every day, have the district do today. Um, you, you, that's that's not where you want to go. Um, it's, the board is one of, uh, our role is one of oversight, and um, I just would question board members if they think that to have a meaningful relationship with a the superintendent, they need to be on speed dial with them. It's not the case. It will happen over time, you do it one step at a time, and it'll be that much more effective for you.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to switch gears a little part, a little bit because uh, let's just talk about the role. What do you find as to be, the, like, the most difficult part of uh, serving on the school board? Uh, Tom, why don't we start with you on this one?
0: The most difficult part?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh.
0: Sometimes the most difficult part <laughs> is when you go out in the public and people hit you with things, and you you have to you sit and listen to them, and they expect you to go fix their problems, which isn't your job. And, you know, when I, you know, most people believe the board controls the school. Eh, not we make policy, and we tell the administrator, uh, chief CEO or superintendent what to do and he runs the school and what i do anymore if i have a little business card and on the back i have the chain of command when somebody comes up to me and i say i listen to a oh, great and, idea. Me, and on the bottom it says teacher principal superintendent board in that order i said this is how you handle the problem you go through these steps the last step on there is me have you talked to this person? Have you talked to that person? And oh. you know that becomes a difficult thing because when you go to the you know supermarket, sometimes you get four or five people in one aisle. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure other you, you others uh, have experienced this. You know, or you oh, oh, to,
1: Tom, Tom, I just have to interrupt. You're supposed to shop out of
3: town now. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well,
0: yeah. Well, <laughs> even if I shop out of town, it happens. Yes. Um, <laughs>
3: Online, uh, you could try that. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it's
3: it happens to everybody,
0: and it's yes, uh, it's our job to listen. That's our job is we're hired, we're not hired, but elected from the community to be the conduit from the community to the school, and but it's not our job to run it per se. All right, you, know, you Tom, know, our are, job is we don't make said, romantic.
1: Yeah. Uh, your card, is. are you the only board member has that, or is that every board member has that card with the chain of command I'm the on only it? one that
0: has it at this present moment, but my wife this is just got elected to our school board this past year, this past election, and I have business cards made for her with the same thing.
2: Oh, and
1: she
0: retires from the school district, and she gets bombarded too.
2: Okay. That's John, a great idea, by the way.
0: There is really the, the hardest
2: thing for me was uh playing being being a teacher uh has brought up some inner conflict about what I thought I knew and what I know now. Uh being in a in a contract negotiation that of course, as we all know from the ethics commission that I'm as in no way part of. Uh but I do understand There's another side to what I'd always believed as a teacher, and how I looked at and thought of board members and and boards of education, and it definitely brings some conflict, especially when it comes to some of my personal, you know, my colleagues at work. When things would get in the newspaper, and it just you have two different, very different roles, and you had to learn how to wear one hat at work and put on your other hat when you're in the boardroom, and remember that. In the boardroom, your your profession during the day is a teacher, but when you're there, you're a board member, and your, your interests are the students in that district and the board, not personal feelings about what's going on politically or anything like that. Uh, I think one of the other very difficult things to get used to was some of the nonsense that you would read on like Facebook pages in town and some of the things that people would say about about you and they they're, they don't know you they they know it's not you know it's not true but just to lay off of that and to understand how your words are going to be parsed those were difficult adjustments for me because you know uh, for those who know me they know that I I tend to be in, or would want to be outspoken and to curb that was was certainly an adjustment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But well, I happen to know you, Jeff. Uh, so, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Jeff, I'm going to ask you a question as a teacher because I, I found sure. this. Do you think a lot of teachers have a misconception, even though they're in education, of the role of the school board?
2: Uh, you must have been at my board meeting last night, then. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it was public. Uh, I'm going to uh, give it a synopsis. You know, we're, we're in negotiations now. Um, it may or may not be friendly at this moment or at the meetings publicly. And uh, I think that the teachers there in the union thought that the teachers on our board, and there are a few of us on the board, would be able to overtly help them and step in for what they believe is right. And they had to be told, a colleague of mine, uh, who is also a teacher, had to say straight up, I don't even know what's going on in the negotiations. I'm not even allowed to vote on the contract. It's and uh, there is definitely a misconception about what we can and can't do by teachers, and that we are going to come in and or we can come in and just save the day. And it, it just isn't that way.
3: Okay.
2: I, I wish I
0: could, yeah, but all, it's so not the you all to help with all. the insurance. What was I'm sorry? that, I all the teachers and the, I'm retired from school, and everybody thinks that we can help them with the amount what the governor strapped us with with insurance we don't have control over that and they don't understand that that's a law right you know i I think it's
1: that's interesting i I didn't realize that they thought you personally would do that Uh, um i have to keep moving on before we stay on but uh kathy what about you what's the most difficult and for you
3: Well, I must say that the most difficult thing for me in my first year was just the learning curve. There was just tons of stuff to learn, um, and a lot of it touched on uh, what Tom was saying about how people just kind of misunderstand your role and what you can and can't do and what you are and what you aren't responsible for. And quite frankly, I was unclear on that myself. Um, But the more training that I got and the more that I read and the more that I relied on my colleagues, um, it it all gradually – you know, coalesced into uh, a pretty good template for me to use when uh, when I'm making decisions or talking to people, and and just making sure that people know that I'm just one of nine too. Uh, you know, it's kind of easy for people who voted for you and who really believe in you, and and it's a great feeling to think that you're a little bit more powerful than you actually are. You're one of nine, and the board doesn't exist until it's actually in session. So um those are those are kind of nebulous concepts uh when your brand spanking new, but they will become more and more apparent as you continue to serve.
1: Hm. Uh Tom uh not Tom, um Jeff and Kathy, you're yes. both parents. And sometimes yes. I, I know that board they don't have to be new board members. Uh board members find the role of being a parent and the board member difficult. That uh, they almost have to step back because they're a board member. Uh, Jeff, will you, I'll let you chime in mm. first on the the role of being a board
2: member and a parent, which is common in
1: uh, in, in every board.
2: Right. Well, I made a decision early on that that wouldn't being a board member would never influence how I am as a parent, and being a parent wouldn't influence how I am as a board member. That mm-hmm. being said, you know what you know, you are who you are, and you you know, participate in what you're participating in. But there is a fine line. I think board members who are parents do really have to realize that even though you're walking into that building as a, quote, parent, you're not. They don't see you that way. The principals and the teachers, they're going to say, oh, they're in as a parent, but, and I'm saying this as a teacher also who who's had board members in my classroom, you know and you're you're quite aware of who's in your room and, and who the people are. It's a little uncomfortable, actually, because there, there are times where you just want to be an anonymous parent, but part of being a school board member is you, you have to know that you're giving that up. When you're dealing with issues, if there is one, you really do have to be careful and preface things. I'm speaking as a parent, or you can have your spouse go in and take care of it. Um, I personally don't do that. If I want to take care of something because she's my daughter, I'm going to take care of it. I mean, I'm... I'm um, daddy first, I guess.
1: Right. So we should
2: be. I, Of course. I mean, she's she's much higher, and I'm going to take care of her if, if I need to at school. I mean, I've been fortunate that there haven't been any issues, knock on wood, so. Okay.
1: <laughs> Kathy, what about you? Is there, is that always sometimes a balance? Because as a parent, you sometimes see more people, too. More sure. other than
3: yeah, you are. I mean, you're down in the trenches there. You're right at ground level, um, you know. Um, you, you see things that, that other board members don't necessarily think, see. Um, but the upside of it, really, as I've learned, uh, if for my particular district in any case and under my term of service, is it's really, um, it's not that difficult for me as long as I don't take myself too seriously and... Um, as lo- I remember my first parent-teacher conferences after I was elected, and I was all sorts of nervous, like, ooh, do I go in and do I say, look, before we get started, I'm on the board, and, and but I'm here as a parent, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I fretted too much about that. Uh, first of all, I've got to be honest with you, not everybody knows you're on the school board, so <laughs> as odd as that may sound, there's an awful lot of teachers that my kids have had that had no idea, and that is is healthy in some instances absolutely but um you know if you're comfortable in your role and as you start to learn you know what you're responsible for what you're not responsible for um i find that my discomfort with that whole dual role uh just started to dissolve so it's not it it, it it raises its head here and there, but it's definitely something you can work through. I, I've had very good luck that way, thank goodness.
2: But It's also recognizing that when you see something as a parent, it doesn't mean that all the other parents are seeing it that way also, so it's not something that you have to run into the superintendent
3: with. Oh, true, that, absolutely, true, yeah.
2: It's but I do make it a practice.
3: A yeah, I do make it a practice now because I struggle with this for a while. If I see something that I think my superintendent should know, I don't struggle with it. Should I tell or should I not? I just say something. You know, just get it out the way. Superintendent's a professional. It's a professional. They know where you're coming from, and you just hand it on over to them and let them do their job. So well, that. Um, is something that's helped me out, too. That goes
1: back to kind of what Jeff said, and I know, Tom, you're a grandparent. Sometimes you see things at the board level, particularly if you don't have kids. It's just a policy. It's general. But you can see the implementation sometimes when you walk into the building, whether it's for whatever reason or you hear it from other parents. So there is the benefit of hearing things firsthand. Is that what you were trying to say, Jeff? Or seeing things firsthand, I should say.
2: Yes. Exactly. You're going to hear a lot of things as a parent. You're going to see a lot of things, especially when it comes to some of the the schoolyard complaints, you know, the days that I'm able to pick up my daughter or or drop her off. Sometimes people will say things and it might be, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek also. But for me, I mean, I I appreciate what what Kathy does. I I try to put a, a filter on it where if I see or hear something, is it I try to decide whether or not it's actually valid enough to actually take to the superintendent or to the principal to even bring it up because sometimes people have a very singular points of view and it could just be just their child or they could be angry at something and these professionals are busy and I'm just not going to take their time for for things that people are, have just a little bit of anger over right. on an individual right. basis. And if they have a real problem with it, then, you know, they need to use the chain of command and and respect that, which okay. is also what I'll usually tell them. I say, listen, if, if that's a problem, then, you know, I strongly recommend you speak to their teacher. And if you don't get any satisfaction there, please speak to the principal. If are so any problems didn't... way down the road, here's, here's my number. Call okay. Me.
1: Well, I would advise you just to give them Tom's card. But we'll, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll. By the way, Tom, that's a great and idea. And send them gonna, to Tom's super to supermarket, too. <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, send them to Tom's supermarket. Tom, uh, okay, we're, we're coming towards the end. Uh, what's uh, two things? One, what's the best part about being on the board? We're talking about all the things, the trappings, the difficulties. Uh, what's one of the things that you really like about being on the board? And any final words of advice, briefly, that you could give our listeners?
0: Well, the best thing I found out so about, about being on a board is I'm actually feeling I'm doing something for the community and for the kids. I mean, I'm a grandparent. I have grandkids in the school. And the biggest thing I want to see is my grandkids to do well. My kids graduated from the school district. They did very well for themselves. I want to see my grandkids do well for themselves. And I want to see our school district, which needs some help now, to get back on track and get the education where I think it needs to be for for them, and I feel it, I'm good about trying to make this happen. And it's you know it's a good thing. I feel you know my my thing is I'm there for the kids, and I feel I'm doing something really good for them, and hopefully it turns out to be that way. Okay. Uh, Jeff,
1: what about you?
2: Yeah, I, I feel a lot like Tom does. I've I've been the type of person where if you can't sit on the sidelines and complain about things if you don't like everything that's going on, then you're just being another complainer and, and you're part of the problem. I prefer to be part of the solution. There were things I wanted to be addressed. There were things I wanted to talk about and be heard about and to help fix. And more importantly, when it comes to Fairlawn, there were things that I wanted to make sure were maintained because again, I'm proud of our district. That we we do a fantastic job educating our children. So rather than just being on the sidelines, I I ran for office and got on the board. And there's an extraordinary amount of pride that comes with it, and, and joy when you you pass an initiative or you you help maintain what is already there, and you you see that you're you've supported something and and students have benefited from that. It's a good feeling, and to know that you're an integral and, and positive part of community goes a long way. And back to being a father again, I know my daughter sees this, and I hope that this is a positive influence on her as well.
1: Okay, and uh Kathy?
3: Well, I'm on the same bus as Jeff and Tom. I'd echo everything they say because they're, they're wise words. And, and i got to tell you, one of the nice things about being on the board, I think, is you already know what your obituary is going to say, right? <laughs> so that's kind of nice to know. But we have a motto in our district. Our district brand is shining brighter every day. And not to be really corny, but, you know, at the end of the game, you know, to be able to to look back on what you've done and, to, and for me to be able to say, you know, I helped a few thousand kids shine brighter while they were in the Warren Township School District. Mm. I mean, that's. It's tremendously gratifying and not just for me but hopefully for all the kids and for the people who work with the kids to make them shine brighter as we say over here in Warren. It's um, it's an opportunity that I am just so proud of and I'm just so happy and grateful to be able to do and I hope I can continue to do it for an awfully long time.
1: Okay, uh, we're coming towards the end. I'd like to thank all three of you for joining me. Uh, this is you know we're recording this in uh, January, which is School Board Recognition Month, so that's why I wanted to add on those, end on those uh, last three uh, comments because I could tell from the three of you you're really passionate about education, and hopefully some of the things we discuss will help uh, some new board members uh, who are just coming on, who are only been on three weeks now, uh, mm-hmm. when we call them to be on this program in three years. Um, mm-hmm. help them a- at that time. So uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you, uh, Jeff. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Tom.
0: <clears throat> thank you, too, Jeff. Uh, Jeff,
1: okay. yeah, come on, I don't even know my name anymore.
0: Okay. Ray. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: Sorry. Thank um, you, um, Kathy. <laughs> it's a pleasure, Ray. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks uh,
2: again, Ray, thanks for having you us. You appreciate
1: you. it. And that brings us to the end of this program. And I, uh, I hope everyone enjoys the snowstorm that is about to hit us. Thank you, and good night. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
3: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen The Bride and Groom?